0: Tour Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf and Golf Betting Podcast for the Memorial 2019 from Jack's Place. This is a great episode. Me and Pat are recovering from a long Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys had a great one. Thanks to all the, the folks out there who serve our country. We appreciate it. This is a good one. You know, we talk a little bit about A a snafu that happened last week late on Wednesday night with some inside information. You're going to want to stick around for that. We debate Jordan Spieth and all that is going on with old Jordan and statistics and how much you should weigh statistics when you're betting or playing DFS and the putting thing versus the ball striking thing. It's just a total whatever. We obviously get into our picks. We get into our fades, the guys we like, guys we don't like. Uh, You'll be surprised. We make a few gut calls this week for GPPs, for tournaments and DraftKings. A a, a couple of guys really long on the odds over on mybookie.ag that we talk about towards the end that we really enjoy. And then at the Chunk and Run, we're going to have a good time with that, too. We're going to talk about if we were to pay somebody to come to our funeral and mourn for us, who would we want to pay? And let me just say, Pat's pick and my pick could not be any more different and ridiculous so thanks for listening if you're watching on youtube thanks for watching and may your screens be green. what's going on golf addicts it is the memorial jack's place it's it's memorial day it's memorial day so thank you to all those who gave their lives for our country and thank you to all those who are actively serving our country the tour junkies appreciate you and salute you um it's been a great weekend Pat, it is always a weird weekend as we record this on a day where we're juggling families and, you know, I mean, I've been at the pool a lot, you know, working on my tan, I know you've been on the boat, the wives are demanding a lot of quality time on a day like today for the holidays, but, you know, we make it happen, we try to stay consistent, you know, get the pod out on time and, and all that fun stuff. How you doing, buddy? How's your How's your memorial weekend been? man it's been good uh like you
1: said got out got out on the water a little bit this weekend um a little pool time and and boat time at the beach so it was a good weekend you know and and like you said i mean this is a weekend to remember all those who have fallen so that we can do this silly little podcast that we do you know um but yeah, it was a fun weekend. I, I did get to watch some of the golf tournament though, and in, enjoyed it. Uh, Kevin Na finally coming through. Yes, that, that was pretty, pretty good. Of course, I had zero Kevin Na, even even though I, I did like him for the week. It just in, didn't end up in my lineups. But but I did, uh, I was happy for for Kevin Na. I ended up more on some Tony Finau later in the week, okay. so yeah, yeah. It, helped it helped me out. Helped me with a positive week, but uh, not the week you had.
0: But still. Um,
1: it's a good tournament.
0: You know, last on last week's podcast, you, you uh, oh, somebody can't hear us on the live YouTube version. They can't hear Pat. I don't know who knows. We're we're trying to figure this out. You know, last week Pat on the uh, for the Chunk and Run segment, I made you rap lyrics, and I, you rapped a Master P song. And you know, Master P coined the famous song "Make Him Say Uh." Uh, nah, it, nah, nah, nah. We it, yeah. should have known. I mean, now I was on Kevin Nye. I talked him up on the podcast. That should have been but a sign right there. Had some listeners making some money on some Kevin Nye. I had a pretty good DraftKings week myself with Kevin Nye, and it's still, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't paying attention. That's 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 a shame for you. That's that's no good. But well, it was a fun yeah. week. It was a
1: fun yeah. week. It was a good one.
0: Jordan me um, I'm trying to understand why our people on YouTube can't hear you right now.
1: I, I don't know. You're the one that created this whole YouTube thing that we're doing. So I mean, I'm just focused on the pod. I don't really care about all the YouTube people. I love you, but I'm just well, trying yeah, to.
0: Focus- the, yeah, the, the YouTube people though are are, are very important. You know. Um, let's see. Oh, they can hear they can hear you now. Fantastic. Okay. See, there you go. I changed Fantastic. the whole setting.
1: That was probably my fault. But uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Probably was. Yeah. Uh, yep. So Kevin not wins. Um, it was a good week for me. I did have a nice little DK week. Finished. Had my third top five this year in the Pat Mayo Experience Listener League, which is uh, very nice. Really for good. Me. Really uh, good. It's good. It's good. You know, um, I also won. Uh, yeah, I was just. I did good, man. We had we had some picks. We had some listeners tweet us out that they won some money. It was all in all a pretty fun uh, fun week. Fun sweat for yours truly. Um, it was good stuff. Our boy T White says uh, on YouTube that I can hear Pat now, but honestly, I liked him better muted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like yeah, this YouTube funny. thing. Just, I love it. Um, uh, <clears throat> but we we also I want to talk about something, and I have to talk very carefully about it. We sent a late email on Wednesday night last week. Okay, late email last Wednesday night uh, regarding the regarding Colonial, the Charles Schwab Challenge uh, about a, about a particular golfer. Basically, we caught wind from a extre- an extremely reliable source late on Wednesday, uh, a source that is on the PGA Tour quite often, sometimes weekly, um, that we trust, that has sent us information before, that is not trying to sabotage the tour junkies or anything like that. Uh, got a late, email, a late text from this person that a particular golfer was, was injured during their pro-am to the point of going to the hospital. And so it was up in the air. At this this golfer had a very early tee time on Thursday morning, so we sent out a late email to just say, hey, just for what it's worth, you might want to avoid this player uh, because he, he was injured and may withdraw, and if he doesn't withdraw, maybe less than 100%. You know, it, it, it wasn't like he was some amazing course fit anyway, so it probably wasn't going to impact you a whole lot. But had he withdrawn or been less than 100%, we figured the upside to sending that email was pretty pretty good for everybody uh, to avoid this player. But that the possible downside was, well, he's fine and he plays well and people are pissing us. Well, the latter kind of happened. Um, he played really well for the first couple days and we were getting a ton of chirps from all of you who got that email. But um, a lot. he ended up finishing around 40th, this this, this golfer. And so I don't think you, you didn't lose anything by avoiding him. And so there it is. But we got a lot of chirping. You know, we're just trying to help you guys out. We would never try to sabotage anyone. I don't know why anybody would think we would ever send an email that was false just to get throw you people off. That's not what we're about. Yeah, we got that's, a of those. that's pretty. That was really dumb. That's really ridiculous. Um,
1: to even, to yeah. even have that, like, I don't know, if you've listen to us long enough I mean look we're just out there trying to gain as much of an edge as anybody so to say that we would throw everybody off and then maybe throw this guy in our lineups just for I mean that just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever that that, that really upset me more than anything I mean I, I was like look I mean Whatever the player did was fine, but I I just the fact that we have a few out there that would not trust us that much to think that we just were doing something, that is – but you know what? I think that's – sometimes that's the mentality of some. They just – there's folks out there that just are, you know, they don't –
0: Everybody's out to get me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, the thing is, too, like, it's another example of people that chirp too early. Like, the guy did really good Thursday and Friday. We were getting hammered on Twitter – DMs, emails. Hey, thanks for that late night Wednesday email, and you guys really nailed that one. But and, and then on the that, weekend, he, he crapped the bed. Like, he did, I, yeah.
1: I, I, and it, but it, but still, the email came from the, the the best intentions possible.
0: Like, if that had turned out,
1: and maybe there was a withdrawal, or the, the you guys
0: would have, yeah, you guys would have been one to like possibly give us sexual favors. <laughs>
1: And he wasn't like going to be that high owned anyway. I mean, it really wasn't a great course. No, fit it wasn't.
0: Form. I didn't think, but it wasn't a thing. But if if we had a little bit of information, you had enough of an edge to avoid a player that was going to withdraw. By the way, there were a lot of withdrawals. It's kind of crazy that we didn't get it right. As many people as withdrew that week, we should have nailed at least one person. Um, yeah, she last had, week you was had Oostie, of course,
1: freaking Ustasen. And, and
0: how fitting was it too that Kevin Na won? Like yeah. Kevin Na is a <laughs> a re, re, repetitive withdrawer, and he won on the week that everybody just disappears, um, except for the guy we said might withdraw. But it, it is what it is. Just wanted to let you guys know. If you get an email like that from us, it is from the purest of intentions. We are trying to help you out. Sometimes we get late information. We have a few people on the grounds weekly that are looking out for us, looking out for our listeners, trying to make sure we have the best information. So we got an we got information on injured player. We sent it to you. It is what it is. So our our bad. Our our bad on that one. But again he, he finished fortieth, so I don't I don't want to hear it. But there's a lot of carnage, man. He had a lot of miscuts, a lot of big names missing the cut. Of course, speaks putting. Um spieth's putting was was a thing it, it, the guy what he make, like 450 foot in putts the first three days this is exactly what we were talking about on the podcast we'll talk about jordan here in just a little bit but then come sunday of course ball striking was what it has been putter went ice cold and he slid down the leaderboard and you paid 10-9 for him i don't i'm, I'm still not buying i'm still not buying the the need to pay up for jordan spieth but we'll talk about him here in just a little bit um Pat, anything else that you you feel like you need to add for uh, for next week, or should we move on? Oh, when you say we're, we'll talk about, are you talking about for this tournament, or are you talking about for
1: um, just in general? Like, what what do you? Is he doing?
0: in the field this week? I didn't even look.
1: Uh, yes, he is in the field. Do yeah, you yeah that's what I what mean. What do you mean you yeah. didn't even look? You didn't do any. research. Well, you just or... made
0: me second guess myself. When you said <laughs> <I'm talking laughs> I was like, well, you didn't look... yeah,
1: he's in the field this week. But I mean. Yeah. I think he's worth talking about because I think this is—he is such a polarizing figure on tour right now. It's—it's it's amazing to me, especially in the tout world, the folks that just want him to do so bad. They want him to do bad, and I don't get it. I don't get it. He's not bad for the game when he plays well and does stuff, you know. And and, and he's like—he literally is the example of the fact that. Golf can, is is about so many. You talk about this all the time, David. You talk about this all the time. How unpredictable it is to pick golfers. You know why? Because it doesn't matter what happens from tee to green. It's getting it in the hole and the fewest amount of strokes. Oh. So that's what happens with golf. You know. So everybody wants to talk about stats, this, stats, that. And I like stats. I mean, I work work in stats way more than I used to. When we started this podcast. Oh man. But yeah, but terrifying. everybody wants to hate on Jordan Speeth. And I don't get it. I don't get why you would want him to fail. Why do you want him to fail? I, I don't understand it. And I don't understand like everybody so you're you're gonna be on the right end of of the call with Jordan Speeth right now if you say to fade him. Because you're pretty much saying, Well, his stats don't fit and whatever else but you know what the ownership is there where you're not he's not like getting like you even said last week you thought he was going to be incredibly high owned he wasn't and so you're getting an advantage and the guy's putting lights out right now everybody wanted to go back to putting that was last year's thing was it his putting's terrible his his putting splits or whatever the hell that means are you know are bad for the last two or three years whatever so and then he's just putting lights out right now and he's get I mean He just had two top tens in a row. So, I mean, I don't get it. I, I guess what I want to know is why do you want him to fail? Why do you want Jordan Spieth to fail? Is it because you want to be right because of the stats that don't back it up? So, he's not good at ball striking right now. His strokes gained approach isn't good. You know, what if strokes gained off the tee sucks? I mean, that's what we're gonna <laughs> do. Like, I don't, I just want to know. Like, give are me, you asking you,
0: me if I why I, I to want? Fall, I want. I want your
1: reason, and I want any anybody out there who wants him
0: to fail. Like, why? Why? What is well, it? Well, it, it. He definitely is the lightning rod on Twitter uh, in golf in golf DFS Twitter, which is a it very umpoquito uh, segment there. Um, I I don't want Jordan speak to fail, Pat. I've never said that I wanted Jordan speak to fail. I have been vehemently against you playing him in 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 tournaments on on DraftKings or betting him I don't think it's time to bet Jordan Spieth right now I don't think it's time to play him in DFS right now as long as he continues to be a top three top five highest priced guy just because the value isn't there but I you know I I get what you're saying I know you, you had a good little tweet on Saturday night I think that I loved it was actually a good tweet and it got a lot of commentary and everybody knew that it was pat which is also funny um <laughs> and what was the what was the beverage going down that night what what was it uh, was what it was saturday the tweet, the tweet juice that night yeah
1: um that night probably, probably a little, few of them probably a little vino
0: i yeah. think he even texted what's the, you. what's the podcast juice tonight a
1: little, a little vodka with uh little,
0: no lemonade ads. lemonade oh sparkle. that stuff's good that yeah. stuff's good no free ads though yeah sorry um yeah, I, I get it, man. I mean, you still got to get the ball in the hole. Um, we, we've talked about this a lot here lately. Like, yeah, we talk about stats on the show. We talk about key stats. We rattle them off. Like, honestly, I, I feel more pressure. I didn't. We didn't plan on talking about this. I feel more pressure to rattle off stats on the podcast so that people feel like we actually looked into this crap then I really want to weight those stats when it comes time to picking the player. Actually, because yeah, I agree. I, I do think, and, and, and you know, we've had a bunch of PJ Tour players and caddies on the show over the years that, you know, and a bunch of them we've asked kind of how you would rank things, course form, course history, and stats. And all of them put stats at the bottom. Like, all of them do. John Tillery, our, you know, the coach that we sat down with and interviewed a, a couple months ago, Kevin Kisner's guy, he said the same thing. Like, I definitely think you can get way too caught up in the stats. Now, um, it's just it's just some noisy stuff.
1: Well, and, and speed's a great think,
0: example. But
1: I, I think you're right. But this, and, and and I think this that's important because everybody wants us. to, look, when we're picking a player, yes, I mean you got to back it up with some sort of research and information and whatever else. Um, but there, there is a lot of variable factors that are involved here, and some of it could be a little bit of feel to the player or whatever. Like you know that, like for instance, like you know, you mentioned John Tillery. One of the things he said in that interview was talking
0: about the home life, right? Yeah. Didn't he mention yeah. that the home life was? He, was, he said that first. We, we yeah. literally said, what, what is it that you would look at if you were to pick golfers on a week in a week out basis? What would be the first thing you'd look at? And he yeah. literally said, how are things at home? So he's I, on the P J Tour. 20 weeks a year. Exactly. So,
1: I heard an interview that Kevin Na gave after his win, and one of the first things he talked about was his home life right now. He talked about being happy at home, being happy with the kids, everything. You know, we know Kevin Na had issues with the slow play, and he he even like made fun of himself like he just couldn't hit the ball and he had all these issues, but now that his home life is is really good and he feels comfortable and it's showing on the golf course for him. So, that's a factor that's very hard to figure out week in and week out now you could maybe guess i mean i've always like if you if you look at kevin on on instagram and whatever else which is another reason i always say like you really should follow as many of these players on social media as you possibly can because you do that's the way you get a sense of the home life of you know are they posting stuff with their kids with their wife whatever like, you may see that, and I've seen that from Kevin Nye nah lately on Instagram, and that, that could give you a little bit of a hint, but that comes with feel. That's kind of where the – like, you may just pull that in internally when you're p- picking a golfer that week and not even look at the stats and say, you know what, I've seen Kevin Nye nah lately just happy as hell. I want to play him. I feel like that might translate onto the golf course. So you can't you can't measure that in any sort of stats. So I, just, I guess the Jordan thing –
0: How's your home life, buddy? It's good. I'm concerned about you.
1: No, it's good. Actually, good home life. It's good. You're getting laid. Yes. Yes. So you're worried about the member guests, aren't you? In two,
0: two weeks. No, I'm not in a dry spell. Nope. it's a, it's the the biggest major of the year for you and me. The champions yeah. of treat member guests in just a couple of weeks. I got a little geared up for today. Did some practice today. I want to make sure you're getting laid. I want to make sure you you you're you're being taken care of at home by the lady. Um. You know, we. I need you. I need you strong. All right, way to leaves. transition out of
1: that. But I just <laughs> wanted to touch on that. It. it was just. Hey, know. what'd you
0: think about the the Kevin Na belly rub when you when you rubbed his belly, his, the his little baby, and he kissed it. I'm sorry, he kissed it. The, the the rub and kiss on his pregnant wife's belly after he won. I did not see. I did not happen to see. Uh, you missed that. Actually. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that move. It, you know, Kevin Na's a, a likable guy. I, I tweeted I it. like him a lot. I didn't like him a couple years ago and he was a freaking basket case and he belonged in one floor of the cuckoo's nest when he was, like, waggling the ball and he couldn't pull the trigger. And I don't I'm, – I'm not crazy about the slow play, but I get it. You know, coming down the stretch, he was a little slow, but he's trying to win a golf tournament. I get it. Um, but he's a likable guy. He makes fun of himself. He's kind of self-deprecating. The guys on tour seem to really like him. Um you know, an easy guy to root for. He's not super flashy um, other than a head cover or two that he's got. It's kind of weird. But other than that, um, he's, a, he's an easy guy to root for. So it's a pretty cool thing. Hey, speaking of member guests, uh, we have our contest. We didn't talk about the contest last week. But a contest where we will fly one lucky listener to Augusta, Georgia, put you up in a very nice spot, take care of you, uh, and you can be my member guest partner at the one day fall member guest at champions retreat on october 18th champions retreat my golf course a fantastic course the host of the first two rounds of the Augusta national women's amateur uh champions retreat just did in april so you can play as my guest all you have to do is a very easy contest and and honestly we're not getting a whole lot of traction so there's a couple guys right now kind of in the race other than that it's kind of up for grabs we just want some guerrilla marketing. We just want some people to get out there and get aggressive and tell the tour junkies gospel. Tell your friends about us. That's probably the biggest compliment we can get is when people say, hey, man, I've been telling my buddies about you now. They listen. We love that. That's really cool. So we're trying to think of a way creatively to reward somebody for also being creative and marketing for us. Maybe you don't have to spend any money. Maybe you do. Um, we'll take care of you. It'll be a really nice trip if you win. Right now we've got somebody that started a really nice Instagram fan page. Somebody started a Facebook page, uh, Facebook fan page. But we got a lot of good ideas that we've circulated here on the podcast, where you can kind of get the word out. Um, you know, do what you got to do, pull some strings, call in some favors, you know, and 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 spread the word on the tour junkies. You got to document it. You got to send us a video or a, a, some picture. You got to have proof that you did something to really tell a lot of people. About the tour junkies, do something at a PGA Tour event. Don't yell stuff after people hit. Don't do that. Yeah, don't but do that. something at a PGA Tour event and bring a little attention to the Tour Junkies podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it. And we're going to reward one lucky listener uh, that trip to Augusta, Georgia, in the fall. We're going to run this like through the Open Championship and see where we stand, and we may extend it. We may not. So there you go. Also, if you're watching on YouTube right now, give us a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button. We'd appreciate it. Hit the little, hit the hit the subscribe button. Maybe. All right, Pat. Uh, anything else that you got we got to get into right now? We're ready to get into this course breakdown. No, I think that's that's all I got. Um. You know, speaking of stats, I, fantasynational.com like I, I, we downplay the stats, but fantasy national is more than a stat engine. Um, it's a fantastic place to see the course history. You know, that's where you get it. That's where we get the best idea of course history for the players. It's also a great place to click You know, one of the things that goes into my research every week as I start narrowing down players is I'm looking at these players and their past performances and their strokes gain metrics at every tournament and being able to see how they're trending is important. You know, if I just want to pull out one stat and look over the last, you know, 24 rounds or 50 rounds or 100 rounds, I can do that. But also just seeing how guys are trending is important, and FantasyNational.com gives you the chance to do that among a lot of other things. They run simulations uh, for you so you can, if you just don't even want to do research, you just want to see what the smartest stat engine on the interwebs will tell you who's going to win and play off of that. Plenty of people are winning money. A ton of people are winning money off FantasyNational.com, uh, over a couple million dollars won already this season from FantasyNational.com uh, members. So join today. You get 20% off the membership, off of any subscription. When you go to FantasyNational.com TJ, FantasyNational.com/TJ. There's a weekly subscription for ten dollars a week, a monthly for thirty, and an annual for two fifty, and you get twenty percent off of those subscriptions right there. So I know we kind of, you know, we kind of downplayed the stats here a little bit, and they are important, but I don't think they're the most important. Um, but Fantasy National is way more than that. So try it out, check it out, and let's get to the course breakdown, key stats, and uh, let's get to some picks, P. Perry.
1: Well, I'm also fairly certain that uh, we're going to get Stroats Gained Family Life onto the Fantasy National Strokes site. Stroh's Gained
0: Family Life. Yes,
1: right here. It's probably going to happen next week after this this podcast. So, um, yeah. So here we are. The Memorial Tournament. This is a big event. You know, this is a, this is a good field. I think you got like eleven of the top, maybe fifteen or sixteen players and ranked players in the world here. Uh, in Dublin, Ohio, Muirfield Village Golf Club. this is a classic Jack Nicholas designed Par 72 plan just about 7,400 yards. You've got bent grass greens. You know they got they're gonna be bent grass because Jack Nicholas is uh, obviously done well at Augusta National, loves the bent grass greens. And, uh, you know, so this is, this is one of those courses that I, I love the design here. I think, you know, I'm not a huge fan always of some Jack Nicklaus designs, but I like this one. I think he pulled in a little bit of Augusta National into this design. Um, you've got uh, bent and sort of a little bit of Poana uh, fairways. You've got mostly Kentucky bluegrass rough, which will play pretty thick this week. You know, fairways are not extremely hard to hit, but they are a must. You've got to hit them because you've got to give yourself a good chance at hitting these greens in the right position. Uh, This is a second shot golf course. So I think strokes gained off, I mean a strokes gained approach is going to be huge. And there's a lot of rough around the greens. So you've got to hit these greens in the right spot. They're extremely undulating. They're fast, they're quick. Uh, and then you've got some thick rough also around these greens. So if you do miss them, you you got to be good at scrambling. You've got four par fives here. All of them you can score on, which makes me think, you know, I think par five scoring is going to be key. Um, you know, all of these par fives actually played under par last year. Um, so that's where you're going to see a lot of your scoring. Uh, as far as uh, hazards are concerned, you know, water is in play on nine I think nine holes, nine or ten holes, actually, water's in play. So that is something you want to look out for. You don't want to see those big numbers from a lot of these guys. As far as past champs, we had Bryson DeChambeau in, last year in 2018. We had Jason Duffner before that. Dirk McGirt, he's out right now on an injury leave, I believe, uh, in 2016. David Lingmurth in 2015. I don't know if you're seeing a theme here, but there's one. <laughs> but then Hideki... In 2014, by the way, Tiger, who is in the field this week, has five wins at the Memorial with his last coming in 2012. For me, the key stats I looked at, I mentioned strokes gained approach. I think this is definitely a second shot golf course. Proximity is something, I, you know, a small percentage I'll look at. Just the guys that are hitting the greens in the right spot close to the hole. Uh, scrambling for sure um did look a little bit at strokes gain putting on bent grass because we've had a lot of bent grass greens over the last so so 24 rounds that's just something i know strokes gain putting is, is very random but um i did want to look at who was trending well there um so there you go quick uh rundown what you got david
0: nice nice very very well done pat um uh, yeah. So basically, crap. Is uh, yeah. you have you have some problems over there? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm juggling a lot of things over here. Um, I'm with you, man. I, I think that was a good course breakdown. I think wind is something to look out for here, is that can be a, a factor in, in kind of the defense of this golf course at times. I, I, I'm reading the, the the course description or listening to the course description. I'm like, man, this is just like the bluff nine at Champions Retreat, um, where you can win a trip to play. Jack Nicklaus designed one of our nines, and it's very wide and very forgiving tee to green, but those greens are undulating AF. And if you're not on the exact right platform where the pin is stuck, you are screwed. Um, he likes three to putts, do that. yeah, three putts abound. Having to get up and down is tricky. Um, so yeah, I think I think. Iron play being really sharp and dead on is a must because not only do you have to hit these greens, you got to hit the right levels of these greens, and then when you miss, get up and down. Um, so, yeah, it looks like, you know, when you look at past winners, a lot of different guys can win here. You can't, you, you don't necessarily have the ability to overpower it, similar to Colonial. I think a little more so than last week. Bombers have a slight, slightly bigger advantage, obviously, with the par fives in play. Yeah, Golf course is a little course. soft. Yeah, a little longer. The golf course is a little soft right now. Ohio's had some rain. Looks like there could be some rain on Wednesday. But other than that, a pretty mild weather week uh, for the tournament. So uh, just check wind come Wednesday night. That's what I would say. I I think that's important. Um, But other than that, you know, invitational tournament, so a little smaller field, top 70 and ties get in. i tell you what, man, I like a lot of players in the 6K. I was looking at this, and I was like, you know, I'm probably not going to start at the top end of this range. I'm probably going to load up on some 9K guys, which I still like. I'm still going to do. But it's definitely making me think you can, you can studs and duds this bad boy because there's a lot of guys in the, low, in the 6K range that I like for this golf tournament. And when you see names like William McGirt, Jason Duffner, David Lingmurth pop on this course and win, you know, a guy down there in the 6K who's hot, who's got some form, who's got the right ability, can definitely do the same thing on a week like now. Um, but I get that it's a stronger field. It's Jack's place. Everybody wants to play here, so chances are, Cream's going to rise to the top. But I-, I like the outlook of a studs and duds lineup right now. Um, yeah, you mentioned I, Tiger. You I, agree?
1: No, I do agree with that. Actually, as a matter of fact, you know, usually when we're going into, you know, we like to pick two GPP plays in the 6K range, um, and I had a hard time just picking two. I actually may have. I have a few more than two. Yeah, I have a
0: few. I have a handful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk through the nine K range. We're going to give you three GPPs, a cash play, and a fade. Um, first of all, are you going to play Tiger? People want to hear about Tiger. You mentioned <laughs> the wins here at Jack's place, coming off the miscut at the PGA, um, but he's back. What do you think?
1: Uh, actually, he is uh, one of my GPP plays this week. I like Tiger. Um, you know, I know it's expensive at 11-2, um, but if you look at the stats, he's in the top 20 in strokes gained approach. He's top 10 in strokes gained around the green. Uh, checks a box in proximity. We all, look. He has been, he he's been striking the ball well. I mean, you look at a guy like him with, a, especially with his long irons, whatever, going into the greens. He is, he's he's checking the boxes there and he's playing well. I mean, we saw it at, at Augusta National. We've seen it all year long. And one of the things that – he obviously has a good course history. I mentioned that. He's won here five times. Um, the, his ownership has not been that high all year long. I mean, like when you look at his last four or five events, he was 10% yeah. owned at the PGA, 12.5 at the Masters, 13 at the Players, 11 at the at, – Genesis, and then he was 16.8 at the WGC Mexico, but that's all, you know, what, 30 players in the field? I don't know, 60 players in the field, whatever it is? Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be higher. So he's ne- he hasn't been very high-owned this year. So when you look at a GPP, I like that. And I think, you know, Tigers, and, and you're going to probably even get him a little bit lower coming off a miscut at the PGA Championship. So I do like him this week. I, I think he's uh, he's a good play in tournament lineups. Not going to play him in cash, but I do like
0: Tiger. Okay, who are the rest of your GPP lineups? All right, your
1: so, so, and I'm with you, too. I do think there's a lot of guys in this 9K range that you could go with. Um, I like Cooch at 9,400. He's he's had, you know, really good recent form when you look at his, his last several events. I mean, he's he was top 10 at the PGA Championship, kind of snuck in there. He was second at the RBC Heritage. He was T12 at the Masters. I think he's just a, a great, solid GPP play this week. I mean, you look at the stats, he's fourth in strokes gained approach. I mentioned that as being extremely important. He is 35th off the tee. He is first in par-5 scoring. Also, he's top 15 in proximity. So I love some Cooch. He will also be my cash play in this over 9K range. And then this guy's going to be interesting to me because I think he's way cheaper than he should be. Uh, without having played in the last few weeks with an injury. That's Justin Thomas. You know, if he's playing in the field, if he's playing, i got to believe he's healthy. Got to believe he's healthy. And maybe I'm going to get a little bit of an ownership dip because of the fact that he's coming in after a a few withdrawals and things like that, not playing in the PGA, withdrawing from the, the Quail Hollow, a place where he's played well before. I feel like he's ready. Um, I've seen it on social media where it looks like he's ready. I've seen him playing, um, so I don't think there's going to be any issues there, but he's definitely checking boxes. I mean, he's top 15 approach. I mean, literally across the board, everything I'm looking at, Justin Thomas fits the bill. Off the tee, strokes gained, uh, you know, par-5 scoring. Strokes gained around the green. He's third in the field. He's eighth in opportunities gained, so he's given himself chances. I I just think, Justin Thomas, if I'm going to get a little bit of an ownership dip, I'd rather get it right now. When I get him at 9300 I will take that all day long. So he will be my third GPP play this week.
0: All right, who's your cash? I already mentioned it. Cooch is my cash. Oh, Cooch and cash. Yep, yep. All right. Um, couldn't agree more with Coocher. I, I think he's as much a lock as anybody. So he's a GPP play for me. Uh, the the highest-priced guy that I'm looking at right now, or at least that I wrote down, but again, like I said, the, the more I look at it, the more I'm intrigued by this top tier, and I, I think Tiger, depending on depending on ownership, could be interesting. Um, but for right now, the, the, the highest guy I have is, is Patrick Cantlay. I, he finished fourth here last year in 2018. Um, incredible box check-in, son of a gun, boring AF, slow AF, but he's just amazing at golf, so... Uh, I think Cantlay is as solid as they come. I don't mind him in cash, although my next player I think is a much better value in cash. And you know me, man, I can't. I cannot quit on some Hideki. He is 11th in this field in strokes gained approach, third in opportunities gained, 11th in strokes gained around the green all over the last 24 rounds. And his ownership hasn't been stupid high, like not as not as high as it should be. I mean, he was 15% at the PGA. I do think he'll be a little higher owned right now. Um, but I've been riding the form of Hideki. He scores even even when he doesn't necessarily produce the, uh, the the finishes that you want him to produce, he still scores and makes a lot of birdies, which is what you need if you're if you're looking at him for DraftKings. I don't like his odds. His odds are a little short, but um, but for, for DFS I think I think Hideki's as solid as they come uh, at 9100 $9, dollars. So I'll be playing Hideki, Cooch, and Cantley. In GPPs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna roll a decky in cash at 9100. That's an amazing place to start for cash. I think you could go up to, to, to any of these guys, really. I think you go as high as Cantlay uh, because there's a lot of value down there at the bottom. But I think decky's as solid as they come. Uh, my fade, I think I think JT. I love some JT, man. I I love JT, and I do think this is an interesting spot to jump on him, but. I do, I do wonder. With a wrist injury, is the only thing that I, if it were anywhere else, like I, if it were his his kneecap or, you know, his uh, his coccyx, you know, maybe he broke his coccyx, um, anything like that. If it was a, a testicular injury, <laughs> I would be all about playing Justin Thomas. Your wrist in golf, I, I just, I worry a little bit. I, I've seen him on Instagram. I've seen him on Twitter hitting some shots. I get it. I just wonder, though, if this is one of those, you know, let me, let me warm up this week, see, test it in preparation for the U.S. Open, get the week off, and then come back for the U.S. Open. Like, I just wonder if there's a little bit of that where this is kind of a trial for him. Um, so I do see that you're going to get an ownership leverage, and I respect the play. Ballsy move. But for me, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid the temptation of a 9K Justin Thomas I mean, we haven't seen a $9,300 Justin Thomas in years. I don't care what the tournament's been. That's a pretty good price tag for him. I just can't. I'm not going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, so and, and he's, it, again, he's my fave.
1: it'll be interesting to see what his ownership looks like. But if he's sitting there around, like, I don't know, less than 15% owned, I will. I, I, think, he, I think he will be. Uh, and, and be I think he'll be less like, than 15 I just like taking the risk. I, I like it, especially in tournaments. Well, we, so. know
0: where, we know where to go for ownership, and that is Fansharesports.com. Uh, that is our place to check out ownership. That's one of the last stops we make right before we talk to people on the ground who tell us about players who are injured and might withdraw right before they go out and light up the course record. Uh, Fansharesports.com is where we go to check out all the ownership stuff, all the ownership projections. They do all that for you. Uh, they listen to all the podcasts, YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. And you can join right now with promo code Junkies, all one word. Promo code Tour Junkies. They also like Fantasy National. Have a weekly, monthly, and annual subscription: ten dollars a week, twenty-five dollars a month, or two hundred dollars a year for the FanshareSports.com subscription. And you get twenty percent off when you use our promo code. Please use our promo code if you sign up. We appreciate it. They also do the NFL. So if you play, if you play any form of DFS, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, whatever, if you play any form of DFS in, in tournament play for golf or the NFL, you are losing an edge on the field without a fanshare sports.com subscription um and and yeah i think that'll be interesting i think i think jt will fall in that like 10 percent kind of range because i think i think he is too enticing at 9300 he's way too enticing for people to fully avoid um yeah. no i i i agree but um but i love the cowboy move out of your out of you i love it it's refreshing
1: well, you know, that's what I do sometimes for you, for you Who's guys. Who's your fade in this range? Did you already say that? I did not, and I feel like this is, I was kind of hoping I was going to get away with maybe not having to mention it. <laughs> but I just, so, I actually had thought about Jordan, because as much as I, I like what? him.
0: You just, just 9900
1: for Jordan does concern me a little bit. You which, paid
0: ten-nine for him last week.
1: Yeah, but I liked him a lot more on that course than I do on this one so it was it was more the course factor than it was anything else. I mean, he look, it's a shorter course than this is. Um I'm not going to get into all that, but it was, uh, there was there was a lot of different factors when it came to the, the, whatever else. But but I'm going to fade Justin Rose. I feel like I just okay. I haven't really seen anything out of Rose. I mean, you know, he was T58 last week at, at Colonial and he was T29 at the PGA Championship. He finished third at Wells Fargo when he was literally saying, going into that tournament, that he was hitting the ball terrible and had no clue what was going to happen, coming off a miscut at the Masters. So that was that was concerning, and then he finished his T third. So, by the way, so if Justin Rose comes out this week and says he's hit, he doesn't know what his ball's doing, play him. Don't fade him, because then he's probably going to finish in the top ten. But he really hasn't been in the best form is from what I'm seeing you know, you look at par five scoring. He's 79th in the field. He's 65th in the field in scrambling. Also 61st in proximity. I just, I don't know. I'm gonna fade some Justin Rose. And he's been pretty good here. You know, he finished top 10 last year. Second in 2015. He did miss a cut in 2014. But just gonna, just gonna roll the dice and fade some Rose. You got to make a good, good call here, and and yep, probably gonna be call. higher owned. I think. I think uh, so. We'll see.
0: All right. Um. Why don't you, uh, why don't you lead off the 8K range, and uh, I'm gonna God,
1: let let off the this range. Gotta let. All right, so... All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. S-
0: I'm gonna go get a refill real quick. Cause I don't have that same setup that you do. We talked about this last week. I don't. I don't have the same. You setup. You need to get. I have a literally my, my own personal bar. Besides, I'm sorry. Me. I I'm uh, this one will be way quicker than last week's though. If you'll if you'll just if you'll just do that, give us uh, two GPP plays. Your cash play and your fade in the 8K. I'll be listening, though. I will be listening.
1: Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad you at least pay attention to me. So, I'm going to start off uh, kind of near the top here in the 8K range, and I like some Adam Scott. J- just a guy that's just been solid tee to green all year long. You look at his ball striking, he's top 35 in the field. Um he is—he's uh, actually number one in the field over the last 24 rounds in DraftKings scoring, which is interesting to me. Um, but I think—I think just Adam Scott's just a solid play. You look at approach, off the tee, par five scoring, scrambling—all of those. He is checking boxes for me at 8,700. I think that's a good play, and I think you know what? I think he's probably certainly going to be a little bit low, and he's coming—he's coming in in good form. He's, he finished T8 at the PGA Championship. He was top 18, uh, he, or T18 at the Masters, so I like that. So, Adam Scott at 8,700. Love him this week. Now, I'm going to go with a guy. This is a gut feel. We talked about the gut. We talked about the stats sometimes not mattering. I'm going to go with some Phil Nicholson this week at 8,100
0: okay
1: i just like you know i think he's trying to get himself ready for pebble beach which is a course that obviously sets up well for him that he's played well on in the past look he's not going to check a whole lot of boxes we know he's a great scrambler though we know on courses like this where you have to hit you mentioned the right spots on the green can putt well on bent grass i think phil is just going to be he i I think he's going to be good on this course this week I, i like him um, he's definitely going to be loaned. I don't think a whole lot of people are going to play him, and he really hasn't been in the greatest of form. But you look at his last five times playing here, he's made the cut five straight years. He's got three top 25 finishes, including the last three years. He was T20 in 2016, T22 in 17. Last year he had a top 15 finish. Uh, you know, So I think Phil Mickelson will play well this week. I like him at 8,100. But going to cash, I cannot believe this. But I'm gonna go with Rory Sabatini in cash. Oh, it, this guy's just been oh. solid, week in and oh. week out. I'm going with the fact that he's just he's just lighting up. I mean, look at his last four events: the Slovakia, top ten at the Heritage, top eighteen T18 at Wells Fargo, T5 at the Byron Nelson, T6 at last week at Colonial. It's just been solid week in and week out. And then when you go to the stats. 29th strokes gained approach, 12th off the tee, 14th par-5 scoring, 2nd strokes gained around the green, 33rd proximity. The guy's just been solid, I, and I'll ride him. And I don't mind play, paying 8300 for Rory Sabatini in cash. I'm okay with that. So, oh. I, I, I you know, and I play, by the way, I'd play him in tournaments as well. Um, but I think it's, it's it's you know, I, I just, Sabs, is, as much as I hate to say it, the guy is just being, is just solid right now. I love it. I'll save my fade, by the way, which everybody's okay. probably gonna know.
0: I, I, I haven't played Rory Sabatini whatsoever this entire season, other than maybe one of the first weeks. So there's no reason for me to start jumping on the bandwagon now. Uh, at eighty nine hundred, uh, his ownership has he's at stayed. 80, he's eighty three hundred. Eighty three hundred. My bad. His ownership has stayed around that that ten percent range um which is not bad at all for you to have a little exposure to him but I just haven't been on the Sabatini Slovakian Express all all year and I am not going to jump on it now I'd rather just be off of it still when it runs off the tracks um I think he's taking performance enhancing drugs or something like that I think he needs to be drug tested ah, I'll ride it
1: I'll put him I'll ride it while Will you? he's take the drugs
0: um yes yeah, so I'm not I'm not I'm not about that life but I am I am about gary woodland as you would expect um sure that doesn't surprise you know you know me. not yeah. not a great history here but plenty of experience to speak of and, and he's a little better player than he has been in years past at jack's place checks all the boxes every single box i don't have to rattle them off but anything from anything with iron play strokes hand around the green each he he's checking the box 8800 uh love gary woodland and then a guy that i feel like uh, got a little forgotten last week Or a couple weeks ago at the PGA Championship Everybody hopped off uh, And that's Jason Kokrak <laughs> Uh Kokrak Yeah, I mean, I-, I feel like the guy Got so much love And I mean, we, we-, we enjoyed him too uh, He got a ton of love This whole year And he's had a tremendous season Tremendous season And he's checking the box He's top 15 in this field In every iron play category you can look at uh, every approach category. You don't category. worry at
1: all about the fact that he's played. He's missed three cuts
0: out of the last four times I don't, he's played here. I don't. And, I mean, in fact, I hope that throws a few people off. I don't think it will necessarily, but I don't. I mean, how many times have we seen Jason Kokrak go 15 of 15 made cuts to start off the PGA Tour season? He's, he's a better player than he has been every year previous playing this event. So, I think, I think he's a really good play, and with you know somewhat suppressed ownership at the PGA, it seems like the Kokrak train has slowed down a little bit. Maybe people are going to hop on this Sabatini deal. I'd much see, rather have Jason Kokrak.
1: I think Kokrak's still going to have – I mean, look, like you said, the way he's played this year, um, I mean, I don't even know. The guy – I don't think he's missed a cut this year, actually. So, he hasn't. So I, I, I see what you're saying there, but then I look at a guy like Mickelson right there below him that you're going to get – way lower ownership on. And here's the thing about this tournament, you know, we talked about these these winners, Bryson, Duff, McGirt, lingmurth whatever. Actually historically, we haven't seen guys that have won this tournament coming in on like heaters, that like with the greatest of recent forms. So, I, I don't know. I mean, in Kokry- which Kokrak has. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that doesn't make- mean that,
0: that doesn't mean that a guy that is coming in on a heater is going to slow down all of a sudden. I mean, Rory Sabatini's yeah, okay. on a heater then. By that logic, you should fade him.
1: Well, I know, but I just, I don't know. Kokrak just, I, don't, I don't care like about his, that. His ownership's going to be so freaking U- high.
0: Use, useless data brought to you by Pat just now. Um, I just, I don't care about that. I, I think Kokrak, I would love to see a Kokrak-Sabatini head-to-head matchup on my bookie. I would gladly take Kokrak there.
1: Are you going to go, do you want to go with a Molinari-Speeth? Because even though Molinari's not in the field, but I just want to bring up the fact that you guaranteed that Molinari was going to finish higher than Speed last week on the podcast. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You lost that one. That
0: was an egregious. I had a. Situation.
1: I had. A, I had somebody, a friend of mine who listens to the show, text me to make sure I brought that up in the show. Shout out Hollywood. I'll call him. He lives out in L.A. Thanks for bringing that to my
0: attention. Uh, Wow, you would have a friend named Hollywood in L.A. That's that's about, well, as, no, dumb, I call that's him about as dumb a name as possible.
1: I call him Hollywood because he lives in L.A. That's not his real no, name. No, that's very original,
0: that's very original. Well, I didn't think it was his real name, you dipshit. I just uh, that's very original, huh? Hollywood. You think of that all You're on your mad. own? You're just mad you right think now that because you, by yourself?
1: you just you, well,
0: I, adjust those sleeves one more time. I'm not the only one, one time that calls him that. Those I'm not the only time.
1: You're just upset because I brought up the fact that you guaranteed uh. that you know.
0: Yeah, Molinari. I don't know what he was doing. He didn't really care last week, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna go Woodland and Cash. He's my cash play there, by the way. Uh, I'm I'm fading Bryson. You know, d- defending champ, um, the highest priced guy here at 8,900. Absolutely checks none of those approach category boxes right now. Seems to have kind of like lost his way, just a touch. Um, and I, I would I'd much rather have Gary Woodland there, Hideki right above him. Um, so defending champ, some of the responsibilities there that, that lie with Bryson. I know he's a, he's a professional, but I'm out. I'm out on him. And I'm also out on Sabatini, so I'll give you that little bonus fade. Who's your fade in this range?
1: Well, I agree. Actually, Bryson is my fade. And I've, I mentioned this. If you've been reading the, the Fantasy Golf Sommelier article on tourjunkies.com, I've faded Bryson a lot lately. And the reason is is because I think he's just a guy that has to have everything in sync for his game to be you know for him to be doing well and i just don't think it's in sync right now i just don't i mean he i faded bye, him last bye, week bye. And, in sync yeah and
0: it, and it did and yeah okay I, I whatever and sound crazy but it ain't no love. Uh, uh, uh. sorry go ahead okay. memorial day all um, right, a lot, of day, right. lot so, of day drinking, a lot of day drinking. Yeah,
1: I was about to say, was there, I didn't drink today. I mean, until the podcast started. No Memorial Day day drinking for me. Can you believe that? It's crazy. I started at two o'clock yesterday. What's today, that? What's that gift mine. for
0: that guy's like? Where's like... <laughs> that? So um, people
1: can't see what you're doing. Anyway, uh, all right. So you're yeah, fading so Bryson too. Yeah, so I'm with you. Fading, okay, fading Bryson for sure. All
0: right, let's let's get down to the 7K range. I, I'll start there. I don't want you to piss him in again. Uh, you have to start another range. Uh, here's a gut play for you. I'm about to get I'm about to get real gut on you right here. I'm going with a guy who historically is a ball striking machine, and I think I think it's starting to come back a little bit. I think it's starting to come back a little bit. Um, I'm going Kyle Stanley. Seventy-eight hundred. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. I like that. a little Kyle Stanley. It, you know, eighth at the Wells Fargo, twenty-first at the Masters, missed a cut at the PGA. That's a big course for him. I Too like. I like this place. I like this place for him. He gained four and a half strokes with his irons at the, at Quill Hollow. Two, uh, a little over two at at, the, at Valero. It, it, it's 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 looking okay. Um, so a little gut play there for Kyle Stanley. Only in tournaments. Do not recommend elsewhere. Uh, and then I'm going to go Keegan. I feel good about some Keegan Bradley. My Keegan radar has been pretty good so far this season. Uh, $7,600. I think that's a steal for Keegan. He checks a lot of boxes. Really playing well um, from tee to green. And, and a pretty pretty decent history here at Old Jack's Place, too. So um, I, I'm, I'm liking Keegan Bradley. In fact, uh, I considered him my cash play. He is not. But I, I did... I did consider it. And then finally, I'm going to go Joel Damon. I mean, I like that we got Joel at a, at a discount. I like the 7,000. He's been a little higher lately, which has been a, a, kind of a reason I've been off of him. I know he missed the cut last week, but I think he'll bounce back nicely here. I think it's a good spot for him. He checks a lot of boxes. He's not played here before, but I know, I know that he's a good fit here. Um, and, and I like him coming off the missed cuts. I'm going to get some ownership leverage in this range. I think Stanley and Damon could do that. Um, you know so I'll go there and then uh, my cash play is Emiliano Grillo I think Grillo will be pretty chalky as it comes to tournament line I mean uh, um, yeah tournament lineups but for cash I I think he's a solid bet for cash and I prefer him over a lot of the guys in the top tier in cash if you're not going to go and if you're not going to go Grillo I like Keegan so officially I'll go Grillo but Keegan is very close so that those are my plays Wow, I'm kind of surprised with you taking Grillo. I mean, I get it; I like him, but I don't know. I usually Just don't play like Grillo in tournaments on. though, because yeah. he always seems to get a lot of. He can implode very easily. He can. Um, he was
1: very high on yeah. last week. I felt. I felt. I liked him, but I thought he was a little bit higher than I would would have liked. But, um, and I understand that Kyle Stanley played. By the way, I'm with you on Keegan. I don't normally like to take him. I just don't. But he You're just with kept me popping before
0: You are never I'm with, with me on Keegan.
1: Keegan. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the radar, the Keegan radar, Ooh. and I like him in cash and GPPs. Ooh. So, I, so he's my cash play. So I'm with you there. Um, a guy that I've been on a little bit lately, and I just feel like his game's coming around, and he has been lower owned. I was on him last week. He, he kind of failed me a little bit on the weekend, but I'm hoping that uh, he, he just puts four rounds together and plays well on a course that he's won before, and that is Jason Duffner at 7,400. I just like him. I think that he's he's always under owned, um, and he, he's definitely a streaky type golfer, um, but when you look at the stats, Checking the box in proximity. He's top 15 in the field. He's top 40 in the field in scrambling. And, look, we're getting a little bit out there right now when the numbers are concerned. But because but we're down here in the 70, you know, the low 7K range. Um, you know, he's checking the box off the tee, actually. And just I, I just think Duff is a, a solid, low-owned guy who's won here before. I like him, so I will play him. And then the other guy that I like that I, was, I actually thought you might be on him, and that's Keith Mitchell at 7,100. 27th off the mm. tee. He's fourth strokes gained approach. He was eighth, uh, you know, when it was uh, at the Wells Fargo just a few weeks ago, which is a, a course I think is is very kind of similar to this. One of those courses where there's a lot of rough, but the fairways aren't, you know, you know, extremely difficult to hit. And I just, I like I like Mitchell. He, he only played here once and he did miss the cut, but whatever. I don't, I don't really mind that. And I think he's just—he's got the game to, to win on this course, to putt well out here. So I think Keith Mitchell at seventy-one hundred is a good GPP play. So there you go. That—that's
0: my GPPs: Duff, Keegan, and Keith Mitchell. Who would you say was cash? Keegan. Duff. Oh, Keegan. Oh yeah, Keegan. Um. All right. Two fades in this range. I'm going Terrell Hatton. I I, I know he played well last week. Uh, he's a good player, but he's never played here before. I'm not a big fan of Terrell Hatton anyway. He's a very volatile guy. Uh, and then I'm going to fade Luke List. I, I, Luke List is a as a people is a people. Is a people guys love to like. He's uh, he's a he's, a, a, guy, peop- he's a people. people love to like. He is a people. He's he a person a and a people. Hold on, let me just take another sip real quick. Take a take a quick sip. He's a people and Are um, there any other people's in this 7k range <laughs> that you want to fade? <laughs> He's the people that people's like to talk about, um, and I do like Luke List, uh, and I like I'm a big fan of Chloe, um, and yeah, I just it's it's a gut play. This the seven K is very much a gut call for me. Kyle, I'm playing Kyle Stanley, and I'm I'm fading Luke List. It is just I a, cannot believe by the way you're fading Luke List. Gut that surprises
1: call. me, because usually you don't throw yourself out there as much as I do when it comes to some of these picks. Well, I'm putting myself out yeah, there, I, baby. I'm putting myself out I there. Thought, I thought you were going to like some Luke lists, because I think he's going to get a lot of top this week, and I agree. I think he could be a fade candidate for sure.
0: Hey, by the way, i got to mention a couple of bets in here that I like. I mentioned Joel Damon. There's some really weird bets on MyBookie right now, MyBookie.ag, promo code Junkies for deposit bonus if you've not already joined. But they have some stupid high numbers. I'm about to read off a few of them here in the 6K range. But in the 7K range on DraftKings, you've got uh, Joel Damon at 110 to one in this invitational field, playing really well. Where it's produced like out of, it's, where it's produced winners like McGurt and Lingmurth and Duffner, guys who like aren't, you know, top 10 in the world guys, right? Uh, Joel Damon at 110 to one, and Jim Furick at 110 to one. Furyk is a guy I'm probably gonna get onto a little bit later this week. So there, there's some other guys in the 7K range that. You know, I like. I just had to narrow it down. But 110 to 1 on mybookie.ag for both Furyk and Damon. Both playing pretty well. Both have the ability to win here. I think it's interesting. So, who's your fades in the 7K? Two fades for me. Uh, one right near the top is, is Kiz at
1: 7,900. I just. I, just I can't get Kiz right him. this
0: year, man. I cannot get him right.
1: I can't get him either. And so, he's probably going to play great. So, you may want to play him. But I just. Bastard. I mean, the guy has. He has not. Played well recently. Has two top ten finishes here. I mean, if you want to look at the course history, he was T6 and 17. Yeah, he's probably going to win. But when it comes to everything else you're looking at, the stats, which, you know, are just not good. He's 65th in approach. He's 83rd in scrambling, 92nd in proximity, 79th in opportunities gained. And then you look at, you know, his recent form. really haven't been there. He's missed two straight cuts. Um, after finishing forty first at the Heritage, which is a great course for him, so I mean a perfect course fit. Um, so I just don't like his at seventy nine hundred. And then another guy. I'm going with another guy. Another guy that's been on the show, Charles Howell. at seventy three hundred. He has not been good at all.
0: I mean, Oof, I don't know. T forty one at seventy three
1: hundred, man. It is. But you know, he withdrew from the Byron Nelson with. I don't know what the reason was that he through, but it was last minute. Uh, then did play at the PGA Championship and made the cut with a T41. But you know, before the Byron Nelson, he missed the cut at the Wells Fargo, missed the cut at the Heritage, which isn't the greatest course fit for him. Um, but I think Wells Fargo is. I think Quail Hollow is a good course for him. Um, so at 7,300, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna fade him this week. I think he's definitely. I think that price. Is something people are really going to zero in on and love for Charles Howell. But then when you look at the – I'll look at the stats too. I'll throw those out there. Nothing really is great for him. I mean, he's 88th in par 5 scoring, 68th in strokes gained
0: approach. So not really hitting the irons. What range are you looking at? 24 rounds? What are you looking at? 24 rounds. I don't know, man. I think that's a tough fade at 7,300. Maybe we'll text Charles – Charles is kind of guy. He's like the only player we know that we could text on Wednesday night before a tournament and be like, "Hey, should we play you?" <laughs> and he would he would give us an answer and not be a, not be a dick about it. Like, look, I, I look, and I would the never thing, text like, a player. We yeah. we've never done that for the record. We've never texted a player the night before a tournament. But I'm just saying, like, he's the type of guy that we could. I feel like yeah, this is I a mean, sneaky look. place for him. 7, it, it, i I, I can see that but I feel like everybody's going to
1: look at Charles howe at 7300 and again I'll be interested to see where the ownership
0: is for him. i don't him, think he's going to be that high I think there's I think there are going to be some people that fade him but it's that's i that's a tough price for me to avoid him the, the winning upside for Charles Howell on a par 72 a four par fives the winning upside at 7300 for him is interesting to me but anyway Let's go to the six K range. Let's button this bad boy. Are you not giving up. your fades? I you already, get, already you did bring... Hatton and List. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. God. All right. Let's go to the six K range. To make this snappy. Uh, I got four guys here that I like, and all four of them, I'm also going to give you some my bookie odds because they are stupid, stupid long. Corey Connors, a guy that, that that we mentioned last week on the podcast, continues to play really well. Checks a ton of boxes. This is a great course for Corey. Incredible iron player, top five in a lot of key iron metrics in the last 24 rounds. He's 125 to one on my bookie. Uh, Matt Every, who's sneakily playing really well right now, also um, sneakily. Sneakily, is that, that is a word. Yes, that is. Um, so I do like I do like Matt Every at 160 to one on my bookie, but I like him in DraftKings too. Uh Juiced. The Juiced Luton. Juiced Used Louten. I think it's yeast It is not yeast It's Juiced. It's yeast It's Louten.
1: Now no, no, no. <laughs> I I can't believe you had him because actually he was one of my GPP players. I, I like was surprised. Him. At
0: you. I like him in tournaments at a one forty to one. Listen, if you look at European tour stats over the long term, he's a pretty good ball striker, great with his irons. Uh, you know, he's competed in WGCs and come close. I mean, he's, he's a good player, 140-1 to 1 on my bookie. And then finally, Nick Watney at 150-1 to 1, I think is an interesting play as well, uh, both in DFS and my bookie. It's just – those are just four names. I mean, there's a ton of names here um, in the 6K range that I like. I think Taylor Gooch is interesting. Taylor with no Y and an O um, is interesting. Um, I, there, there's a lot of names down here. This is what I'm saying, like I – I really like either like doubling up with a couple 10k guys or like a 10k and a 9k or maybe even like tripling up on some low end 9k guys and coming down here to the 6k range. I think it's interesting. So yeah, I like the 6k range on on draftings. That's that's it for me. Mm. Okay. Well, uh
1: you know, I'm with you by the way on Taylor Gooch. I thought that was interesting that you you threw that out there he was not one of my major my, my picks here but i do i do like him i like harold varna iii at 6900 i think he's he's a decent play we saw him play well at the pga championship um you know maybe is is one of those sort of uh first round leader type plays you want to look at when you're looking at some of the the odds on my bookie i haven't seen those or probably not haven't come out yet um but he's played here twice he's finished top 20 in 2017 t57 in 2016. Um so I think he might be someone worth looking at. Um another guy that we've seen a lot lately, he's kind of been on a little bit of a heater and that's Max Homa at 6700. I think he's a good play as well. He has uh, obviously been in good recent form coming off that win at the Wells Fargo, but then backed it up, you know, playing well at the uh at the PGA Championship. Um I believe, I think it was the PGA Championship. He played well. Um a guy that I think is gonna you're going to hate, but I don't give a shit, and that's going to be Bill Haas at 6,700. I like him,
0: actually. He's what the three, actual crap?
1: Coming off three straight cuts made. He's got good course history here. He's just, you know, he he got in that wreck last year, and I think that kind of messed him up a little bit and was bad for his mentality, but I think he's been he's bad coming his around. Yeah. I think Bill Haas is... Uh, is a, is a is a good little like really 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 low owned play.
0: All right, um, nice. Well, that's that's that. Uh, let's get to the one and done and the chunk and run. Before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at EliteEventsAndTickets.com. and Tickets.com. This is pretty cool, actually. So Elite Events and Tickets, spon- they were our very first sponsor on the Tour Junkies podcast four years ago or three three and a half years ago. Very first very first sponsor to ever write us a check is kind of crazy but we've known these guys for 10 12 years ever since they started their business out of Augusta Georgia they basically do hospitality ticketing uh, all kind of good stuff for major sporting events concerts festivals whatever you want if you're into like like sports that's great if you're into like going to see concerts that's also great they can hook you up but here's here's what's interesting Um they now have a franchisee program, and I've, we've actually had a couple listeners, Pat, go down the franchisee road with Elite Events and Tickets, and I'm happy to say it's gone really well. So it's really cool, but now they're offering the ability to have franchisee uh, training and licensing or whatever you do with the franchise system. Uh, they've been doing it you know, more than a decade, so they have a proven program they'll give you. They train you. They give you the software you need. Uh, and you can buy into the franchise and set up an Elite Events and Tickets franchise right there at your kitchen table and make some extra quan, make some extra Cheddar, and it's, uh, it's great people. We know these guys. We trust these guys. They're good folks uh, over, at, over at Elite Events. So check out EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com if you're interested. It's a long URL, but it's EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com. If you are interested. Actually, Pat, you know, we got a couple of listener questions on the old YouTube here we might get hand out. You know, it's also good for the podcast. One listener said, uh, what do you think about the Tiger Rory matchup? Tiger is plus one thirty against Rory, which is interesting to me that he's that much of a dog on a track that he's won five times. Um, I mean, I know he's coming off a missed cut, but it's not like Rory really lit it up at the PGA. I guess he backdoored a top ten at the PGA, but I kind of like the – I like Tiger as the dog there at plus 130 over. I do too. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. I agree. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to one and done. Honestly, Pat, I don't give a rip. I'm so done with the one and done. I had Francesca Monari last week. I'm done. I'm, I'm out. I, I'm i done. So, I if I were playing a one and done right now and I still had the following left, I would either go Hideki's my number one, who I don't have him left, or Cantley would be my number two. I don't think I have him left either. And then after that, if you just want to get freaky, um, I'd go Keegan or Kokrak is where I would go. So wh- whichever one of those I have left is where I'll go. But I, frankly, I don't – frankly, Scar- Scarlett, I don't give a damn. <laughs> well, I was – I
1: actually thought about Keegan. Um, I, I was – so it's funny. I, we were in a big one-and-done, and I was looking at the standings, and I'm actually close to cashing. So it's important well then your point. pick matters give it to us so i and now i think i don't know i was gonna go keegan actually
0: but i think i'm gonna go cooch oh okay you're gonna, gonna go, go you're gonna go Coochie. chalky you're gonna go cooch i get it i get it that's a nice i'm gonna go a little chalky here in the future all right let's get to the chunk and run now i will say it's it's not our most exciting chunk and run um it's not near as good as last week's. If you missed last week's Chunk and Run and Pat reading rap lyrics, please go back. Uh, the best thing you could do is actually go to the go to the YouTube video and watch it. Scroll to like the last 10 minutes and watch it. it. It was really good. So I just felt like, hey, it's really tough to come back and 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 you know do good after that. So you might as well just kind of like mail it in. So here's kind of a mail it in. Uh, chunk and run. This actually comes to us from a listener. Uh, you can only play one more round of golf for the rest of your life, Pat. But you can play it at any course in the world. Augusta National excluded. Where do you play?
1: Well, for me, and I feel like this is this could be a little bit of a cop out answer, but it's going to be the old course at St Andrews. I mean, ah, I've never yep. played. I've never played golf over there. It's yeah. the, the, the home of golf, the birthplace of golf. I would love to just see what that's like. Um, I mean, from a historical standpoint, from a, actually playing a true Lynx golf course standpoint, all of those things, um, I think the old course would be hands down the, the place that I want to play uh, if it was the my last round ever.
0: Yeah, that's actually interesting you said that. So that that's where I was going to go, and then I was like, well, that is kind of a cop-out, so I won't go there. <laughs> but that that is where I was going to go. I really do want to play there. And I've heard plenty of people say they played San Andrews, and it was like not that big a deal. And they're like, eh, it's kind of overrated, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But if you're a golfer, you still just want to play it. Overrated or not, mm-hmm. you want to play it. Um, Chris, I think that Chris Hamill sent that in. I think that's right. Uh, he was a listener who sent that in. You just want to play it, and and I do want to to get out there. But for the sake of variety, I picked a different course, one that you've probably – Pat, I don't even know that you've ever heard of. Have you ever heard of Cape Kidnappers? I have not. No. Cape Kidnappers is a golf course on the coastline of New Zealand, and I've seen pictures of it. A buddy of mine is actually – I don't know that he's played it, but he played in New Zealand or somewhere around there. And I've seen pictures of it. It's on the coast of New Zealand, like cut out of a rock, It's a Tom Doak design. It is absolutely beautiful, like stunningly beautiful. And I just think New Zealand would be such a cool place to go and play. Um, So if I'm going to go like historical, give me all the feels, I'm going, like you said, the old course. If I'm going just just let me play the most amazing golf course on the planet, I feel like Cape Kidnappers is pretty close to that. So there you go. Look that up. Now I'm gonna Google that one. All right. Yeah. the the run question tonight. This is an interesting one. If you could pay, I didn't really get. I didn't get this one. If, <laughs> if you could, could pay a, one gotta... person to show up at your funeral and mourn for you, who would it be? Who would you want to be at your funeral and just mourn the death of Patrick H. Perry Jr.?
1: God, I feel like. I mean, if you're gonna be at my funeral, you've heard. You've heard far and wide of my death that you you shouldn't have to be paid to be there but um, yeah. which is why I didn't understand the question
0: well because you're you're, you're getting like a celebrity or you're getting a like a, like you could have master P come who's that who you paid homage to last week um,
1: Mm-mm. Nope. I tell yeah. you I'm gonna pay' I'm gonna pay freaking God I want God to be there <laughs> at my funeral. And I don't care if i got to pay him. I'll throw out some money. I'll put it out in the pot. it will be right there next to my funeral. <laughs>
0: That's a terrible answer.
1: I That's want God to be at my funeral. Well, Because then I may have a better chance of getting to heaven.
0: <laughs> you have no amount of money you can pay to God. You should have been paying him all along. If you wait to pay him for your funeral, you're done for. Your I'm t- just saying,
1: I'm just throwing him a little extra tip. <laughs> just you can't trying tip to get God? A- what? How do is- you know you can't tip God? <laughs> God may blasphemy. like tips.
0: <sighs> well, this is really going to make my answer look really, really
1: short. I mean, I want to make sure God is at my funeral, so I'm going to pay his ass.
0: Whoa, with the profanity about God. Pump the brakes. Sorry. Mother. Well, this is really gonna make you, my my answer look very very shallow. If, okay, this my first one comes with a condition. If I mean this is a
1: great this is a, I've never heard I don't know this question was, did we have yeah. a listener come up with this question?
0: Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Okay. If my lovely wife, who I love, and she is she's beautiful, and I love her, if she's gone before me you know, and she's not at the funeral, yeah. Th- then I would say um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Kelly Kapowski. I would pay her. Think about all the men in our generation that grew up watching her, and they're standing there at my funeral, and, and or maybe the visitation, and they're walking through the line, right? And they, they walk through the line, and they walk past my casket, and they, they think, DB, my boy, What's up, dog? You, you, did it right. And then they turn and they leave, and then they see at the end of the line, it's Tiffany Ambertheson, Kelly Kapowski, and is they're just like crying, her
1: balling her eyes
0: holy out. Holy moly! Who? Why is she here? He never told us. You know, like think about the impact that that would have as you're going out. I think that would be awesome. However, if my wife were to 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 be at my funeral I think just Will Ferrell would be great I would want Will Ferrell at my funeral and I would not want him to mourn I would want him I would want him to make fun I would want him to make light I would want him to make everybody laugh have a good time and it'd just be an electric funeral What was That's the good. movie there was a movie he's been at a
1: funeral at so you could like get an idea of what that would be like I don't remember that one. Oh god what was the movie um
0: by the anyway. way, we, we talked about a couple of Will Ferrell movies on our recent Hank Lebiota interview that if you've not listened to, you need to listen to that. Um, electric stuff. Really good stuff. All right, Pat. Well, that, that about wraps it up, bud. Uh, this has been a really good time for our people on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Thanks for chiming in. And, um, yeah, next week. What do we have next week? We've got the, the RBC Canadian A The the Canadian A We'll have the Mounties on the horsebacks. That's right. And then we got the
1: the US Open. Next week is our major, and then following that, we have a real major with the US Open.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. May your screens be green.
1: See ya!